0: This is episode number 4 with Anthony Chansamuth. Welcome to the Life Optimized Show. My name is Dave Singh and each week I bring you fascinating conversations with inspiring thought leaders from all around the world about what it really takes to optimize your business, leadership and life. Anthony, welcome to the show. Thanks for being uh, being here for the interview, man. It's uh, it's it's really good to have you. You were definitely one of the first people that I thought of uh, to interview. Not just because we've been friends for a while, and you know I really kind of like your vibe and your energy, but I think your story is one that is it mirrors a lot of stories out there of people who haven't quite made the shift from where you started to where you've Uh, ended up at the moment and it's really inspiring. I'll just read through um, a little bit of what you sent me for your bio and I mean obviously I know a lot of this anyway but uh, in in 2006 you left a treadmill job at an IT company after a traumatic brain surgery experience to pursue a life worth living and I remember one of my first interactions with you was yeah seems like a nice guy, decent guy Um, and then I went and I read your story and I real, I sort of put the two together, and I realized that wow, you actually carry a lot of humility with you in a very good way—not in a um, you know—not not in a lack of confidence way. It, quite the opposite, you're the confidentpreneur after all, <laughs> but <laughs> but in a very very humble way. And I I really really uh, had a lot of respect, and I still do for that sincerity. Uh, So, you you know, you lived in three countries, you launched a successful online marketing business that trained over a thousand business owners across the world, and you've empowered over 200 students in Laos. Uh, This is something I've also been really fascinated with and I'm hoping to learn a little bit more about, because I know in interviews that you've done in the past and conversations you've had uh, that have been published, uh, I I feel like I'm always a lot more intrigued to learn about that period in your life and... I feel like it uh, it gets a bit cut short. I mean, at the end of the day, you and I are, uh, you know, teachers, if you will. So mm-hmm. when we have the chance, we kind of go down that path of uh, doing a little bit more teaching than storytelling. And so I just want to make it clear that, you know, this conversation is going to be a lot more about storytelling and, um, and, and inspiring people and teaching people through that uh, than it is about, you know, learning about marketing and learning about that. People can go to uh, your website, confidentpreneur.com, or they can... You know, look you up on Facebook and look you up elsewhere and get in touch with you directly if they want to, uh, you know, do more learning stuff. And you currently teach people how to live confidently and passionately at your Release Your Inner Confidence retreats and your online community at confidentpreneur.com, which I think I've just inadvertently plugged a few times now. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> oh, no worries. And you've, uh, you've appeared on Network 10 recently. Uh, you've spoken at uh, VibeWire Fastbreak. And you're also a blogger for Huffington Post, which is pretty cool.
1: Thanks for the wrap. Um, mate, look, Dev, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm honored to be on this call with you because, you know, I think um, we have, you know, you've been on my radar for a number of years since we met. And, uh, you know, you're one of these guys, similar similar respect. Like, for me, I just feel like the one thing that's been consistent with what I've seen of, of you is, you um, just how real you are about things and, uh, you know, that's part of, you know, in the world that we live in, um, particularly in the personal development training space, there are a lot of people who aren't so uh, honest, I think, Um, and it gives people like us a bad name Uh, and, and, uh, you know, it's this whole thing around credibility and and being um, honest and direct and to be honest with you, that's that's part of the reason why I've moved away uh, from you know, the social marketing world uh, to some degree. Uh, and, just, and I'm really just focusing on, on working with people at the, in, in the heart space and really just uh, connecting to their true stories and their true messages and and embracing the challenges and struggles of, that they've had in their life and bringing that to light. Because, you know, as you say, I've had my story and I've just really come to accept that by sharing my story as opposed to running away from it, um, that that really... It helps people connect uh, and relate to 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 me as a person, uh, but also to themselves. So I think, um, mate, I'm honoured to be here, and I'm really looking forward to this.
0: Thanks, man. I appreciate that. That that means a lot. And it's really interesting you say that. I've have been having this conversation a lot with people lately about honesty and just being upfront. And in fact, just last night I recorded an interview uh, with David Sokol, which probably will be up by the time this one is up as well. And uh, we were just talking about how this idea of integrity and this idea of you know being the same person in all situations is something I speak a lot about when I'm on stages and uh, when I'm sort of you know leading trainings and I say I I ask people if they know me in different contexts and I ask them if they feel like I'm putting on an act um, when I'm you know speaker Dave as compared to consultant Dave as compared to just your friend Dave and I've kind of worked out the way to um, very sincerely just make myself the same person because I don't want to be leading double lives or triple lives and uh, I think it's it's also important to acknowledge that yeah you want to put your most relevant foot forward uh, in different situations but yeah I've certainly come across a lot of fakers and one thing I've realized the long way is that people who are feeling compelled to you know put on a certain persona, or put on a certain act, or fit a certain box, um, or, or kind of present themselves by a certain label or a set of labels, they're usually the ones who are experiencing more of a struggle in their mm. business, in their life, uh, in their relationships, depending on where that, uh, you know, that fakeness shows up. Uh, then at the same time, I don't judge them either, because sometimes it's happening completely unconsciously. Was there, I- I'm curious to know, about more about that point in time in your life where you were kind of feeling, like you weren't being honest, and what what did you experience out of that?
1: I mean, there've been there've been several points in my life, and the first will be when I, I was sitting in there a corporate office working for, you know, a major uh, global corporation. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the point, and, you know, my story goes, is uh, I was working in IT for about six years, um, prior to that two years in the, in the credit industry, uh, and then just arrived at the point where you know, I'm I'm at work, and I think a lot of listeners will be can connect to this. You know, and, and you work for a paycheck. You know, it pays your bills, and and it, it takes care of the things that need to be taken care of. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I'm doing 50 to 60 hours a week, uh, and in Australia, that's you know, it's become the norm that you work. You know like a workhorse or a machine, uh, you don't get over time, you know, you don't, uh, and, and I'm generalizing here, but just mm. from my experience from speaking to other people, uh, you know, along this journey, uh, and I'm just at work thinking, mate, I have so much more to offer. Uh, and you know, where, are the, where are the fun parts of my life? Um, because I, at the time I was doing taekwondo, which I stopped. Um, you know, I used to like to go bike riding, skydiving, <laughs> a bit of an adventurer, mm-hmm. um, travel. You know these sort of things. I know you're an avid traveller as well. So, um, a- and I felt, look, I'm confined to the desk and I'm doing this work. And realistically, um, the, the, the people who are paying me just don't really care that that I. To, to them, I'm just another number. And. Uh, so that's back to your question that's where I first felt hey uh, this is not me like this is not you know the Anthony that that I want to show up in the world as um, and like you say you know we're both teachers and and I what I loved about those jobs that I did look I'm not I didn't I there were elements to, the, to to that career which were beautiful. You know, I, I was a trainer in, in the company, and I trained over 500 different, you know, um, team leaders and staff members and whatnot. Uh, and I loved that part of the job. I loved being able to coach people. And you know, I was never, I never knew myself as a coach back then. But uh, I just naturally had those skill sets, and people recognised that. Um, and that's what I, you know, looking back, I, I realised, wow, that that part of me was already present. I just wasn't aware of it. And um, and so yeah, so then you know, the health thing, the, basically, my, my health broke down, and ended up in hospital for for a couple of months, uh, and had to really, really reevaluate who I was at that time and who I wanted to be, and how I wanted to live my life, and uh, I just felt, you know, the, I, the awakening, I suppose, was, look. I'm not here to be someone's slave, um, and I really, you know, I need to use these gifts that I have, you know, as a communicator, as someone who can inspire, to actually help other people through their journeys, and, and that was the first sort of instance. The second instance came really in the last two years, and this is this is in the 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 world of social marketing and internet, online marketing. Now there are a lot of there are a lot of um, people, uh, you know, leaders and gurus in that space who I just don't have any respect for uh, because they'll, their game is one of, you know, let's just do whatever possible to sell and make some money um, and not really pay attention to the negative impacts that may have. So, you know, you might buy a $4,000 uh, program. And then have no customer support. You try to call someone to say, "Hey, you know, it's not working or whatever," and, and no one responds to you. They don't care, mm. you know. Uh, and that's that's kind of the the, the experience I had uh, personally. I had that experience with just some you know products that I bought. Um, and then being, I felt this pressure of, "Hey, to really survive in this in this uh, environment, I have to be one of those people." And <clears throat> just through association people would then label me as an internet marketer and uh, look at me as if you're yeah you know he's someone that just wants to sell me something and um, and that's where I felt again this this feeling of this isn't me Uh, this is you know and I I have integrity and I can't honestly stand in front of someone and say yeah you should buy this service or this product or do these things if I haven't you know, created the result myself for someone. You know, for my, either for mm. myself or for a client. Uh, I, I really had issues with with doing that, um, but I saw other people in in the industry who who were had no issues doing that, right? And and I just thought, okay, no, this is not this is not for me. You know, so that's that's why I made the decision, a, con- a conscious decision, and there was a bit of uh, <coughs> let's say pain involved in that decision uh, to to leave that business and to just pursue you know my own path and 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 be more congruent with who I am and you know and that's now I I, it's almost like I lifted there's a weight that was on my shoulders that just have been lifted Um, and you know and it's 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 not easier it's still a challenge being an entrepreneur as you would know but uh, at the same time it's a lot more fulfilling the way that I'm doing it
0: Hmm. I think it's become a little bit of a cultural cliche Oh, excuse me, I'm just choking on something. (coughs) Don't die on the interview, Dev. (laughs) I'll do my best. (laughs) Uh, It's become a bit of a cultural cliche that, you know, people in the quote-unquote entrepreneurial community or lifestyle design community just hate on this idea of having a job. Uh, Do you think that everyone should escape their job, escape the 9-to-5 grind? Everyone should just go out, you know...
1: Um, I, I, I used to when I, when I, when I, obviously when I went through my experience and I came out of that and I thought, yeah, no one should go through this. Um, but I'm, I'm, uh, what I was really referring to was the, the the pain and the struggle that I went through. Mm -hmm. Um, and the, I guess the unconscious, um, programming that's involved in, in, you know, the traditional, when I say traditional, I mean, really in the last 50 to, yeah, i say last 50 years where, you know, um, post, post-depression, post post-war time, where, you know, we have this uh, societal belief, I suppose, that, you know, uh, <clears throat> go get go study get a degree get a job you're in that job for life you got you're secure now go, go have a family make babies and and that's happiness and yeah. you know and, and that's that's the system that that really i'm challenging uh because you know my parents went through that um and they came out of it on the other side not happy um you know my mother passed away in 2009 and uh she had a lot of regret, and she had a lot of pain, and, and you know, and 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 I saw that, and I thought, wow, you know, I don't want that for my children, um, and that's kind of the the. So I'm going off on a tangent here, but that's that's really what what I saw. Now, back to your question was no, I don't think everyone should quit their job and go and pursue a passion. Um, I. I also feel passion has become a buzzword and uh, there's no clear definition of what that means and, you know, sometimes it becomes a hindrance to people because, you know, I I met someone yesterday who uh, she'd been on this this search to to find her passion for the last two years and, you know, and she's now feeling disappointed that she hasn't found it yet Uh, and, you know, and it's almost become an obstruction to her progressing and experimenting and trying different things uh, experiencing new things and i said to her you know like it's not about finding that one passion that elusive or elusive you know oh my gosh once i found it i've hit nirvana it's not it's not this kind of uh, concept that you know that a lot of people seem to espouse um it's actually what it is to me is you know stick with your job because you need security you know it to some extent mm-hmm. you need to be able to handle uh, if we want to reference Maslow's hierarchy, you de- you need to deal with you know um, just your day-to-day living. You need to be able to p- have a roof over your head, food, um, you know, a, c- a community, certain things that that allow you to to then uh, then have. The, to me, it's really a luxury that we have in the Western world where we can actually sit here and and get into thinking about things, right? Mm-hmm. Because you know, like you mentioned. Um, my my experience in my time in Laos and what I learned there was when you're in survival mode you have no time to be thinking like you you're really just you're doing whatever you can to survive and you know and so for for us to assume that everyone can have that is I think unrealistic Um, and it causes more it can cause more more hurt than or damage than, than anything else Um, But I don't subscribe to everyone must quit their day job and and go and do this. Uh, I I provide a path if people want it, but at the same time, you know, if you love your job and you do and and you enjoy what you're doing every day, stay with it, man. Like, you know, you're actually, to me, I'm kind of envious of those people (laughs) because it's kind of like, hey, that's that's, that's pretty neat. You know, you found it and you didn't have to go through too much trauma to get there. (coughs) Um, So I hope that answers the question.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, that's cool. I actually like the tangent that you were sort of going off on as well. Mm. Because, it, you know, it, it occurs to me often how people who do go off the what I call template lifestyle, and they kind of venture off the, you know, less beaten track. Uh, so they venture onto the less beaten track, they usually have gone through some sort of trauma or some sort of uh, some sort of weighted, uh, you know, experience, something that's a bit heavy or deep. Uh, it could be the loss of a loved one. Uh, it could be serious illness themselves. In many ways, you know, my story parallels yours in that too. I, I lost my mom when I was quite young. Um, I also went through, a, you know, a very serious health complication, and uh, had a kind of a near-death experience. Uh, and you know, it, it prompted me to start thinking about these things about how how much responsibility I wanted to take, and then ultimately how much responsibility I needed to take, and for me it came down to the point that I was just like I couldn't pretend to not care about just going with the flow I, I just couldn't I tried I tried to just you know get a job work in a job where it was you know fairly routine and just do what I uh, do what I had to do and not be uh, not not be too entrepreneurial I guess that's the only word for it and it just didn't work for me I just ended up finding myself in different situations where I had to create new things and 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 do new things and essentially become you know, the kind of person that I am today. Now, I have some friends who as as, you know, maybe this is the wrong way to put it, but I I kind of feel like they've grown up with silver spoons in their mouth. And you know, they're quite, uh, they're quite complacent about life because they've just they the, the greatest struggle they may have had is a relationship breakup. And they confessed themselves. They said, "Yeah, man, you've had it. You've had it pretty hard. You know, compared to you, my life has been a piece of cake. It's been it's just a walk in the park." And I'm, I say, "Yeah, that's that's cool. You've you know you've had everything handled, and that's fine. I don't uh, I don't resent you for that. I don't hold it against you. But at the same time, I'm not happy for those people either because it's not like you know they did anything extraordinary to deserve it. Uh, in sense, in the terms of working for it, it's just." That's what it is. Some people get dealt some things. Some people get dealt some things. If somebody has an itch, right, to, that maybe, maybe they're not happy in their job. Maybe they need to go and seek something out. Have you ever noticed that people will seek out traumas that will push them over the edge so that they can hit rock bottom um, and, and then they can have this kind of process of rebirth as opposed to just you know, going out and trying new things in a very stable kind of way.
1: I love that question. It's a really good question. I, I, I you know, I, I don't think it's a when you when when you mention when you talk about people seeking this out or seeking trauma. I don't think it's an a, it's a conscious seeking. Yeah. Um, cause, you know, I don't think anyone sits there and goes, "I want to have cancer so I can live my life." Of course. Um. You know, I I, I, I it, but I, I do see a correlation, and I do see you know. Within even your story and mine, I do see this, um, and and just other people who who are my clients, for example, and whatnot, and, I, and who come to my workshops. I, I see there is some trigger that occurs or, or an event, um, you know, whether it's a lot the, the loss of a loved one, whether they lose their job. You know, they've been in the career for I don't know five to ten years or whatever, and then you know the economy crashes and they have to they're forced to to change, um, and. You know, from a from from a deeper unconscious level, uh, if you want to go there, mm-hmm. uh, yes, I think I think we create those experiences, um, and they're not, and yes, since for many people, they do need to hit rock bottom before they can they can start to climb back up, um, and choose a different path. And I, I I think that's part of my message is you know you don't need to necessarily do that, uh, but at the same time, for some people it needs to occur it needs to happen um and you know i've i've more than more than anyone i think i i've arrived at this point now where it's where i believe that i can't change anyone um and people have uh, people will learn in different ways you know for me i i um, my seeking came from my experience in hospital and then a lot of you know, seminars and books and movies and films and all these different things and experiences uh, where I've had, you know, one of my mates, we went to high school together and he'd he'd never done a single seminar, right? He'd never gone into any personal development, anything. Mm -hmm. Um, And we met up, I think, 10 years later uh, because I'd been overseas and I'd come back and he was just as evolved in terms of his psychology in terms of his life uh you know without all the traumas you know without all all the i mean when i say that he went through you know his his grandmother getting ill and all these other things but um i think my point is that some people will learn and will experience this growth or this um niggling inside themselves that there's something more that they're seeking um in their lives uh they will arrive at in in different ways and and i think um yeah it's 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 let's not uh put everyone in the same basket and i just think that uh it's you know (laughs) i'm just i'm just catching myself say this but it's really uh what kind of you talk about going with the flow what Mm -hmm. will happen will happen uh and i think life prepares us for those events like you, it, life doesn't give us things that we can't handle uh you know we, we we're presented with issues or problems or challenges that we can overcome or, or deal with
0: yeah I'm, I'm, I'm with you there i'm with you there it, it makes me wonder what the difference is between confidence and faith mm-hmm. good question
1: um okay so yeah that, that is that is a really really good question so for me i guess faith faith is the process of letting go okay for me Mm -hmm. uh and it's really you know setting setting intention and you know for for example in my life you know i seek uh companionship i'm looking for you know abundance in in my in my business in in my financials uh And more than anything, to be able to to leave this world with some kind of legacy um, and to have known that, you know, I made some kind of footprint and whether that's just to change one life, uh, you know, um, or a million, which is what I'm presently looking for, right? Hmm. But um, uh, I just feel like I'm the vessel by which uh, others will transform and this has come you know this has come through the last 30 well i'm 35 now so the last 20 something years uh, of of uh, really uncovering and peeling off the different layers you talked about masks at the beginning of this call uh and for me it's you know going through this process of i guess unmasking and unraveling to the core of who i am uh, and then saying okay well what is it what is it that that i bring to To my community, what is it that I bring to the world, Um, and arriving at this point where I feel, yeah, you know, I do have a purpose and and a vision, and um, and the vision changes. Uh, And this is something I want to be very clear about here: is Mm. you know, your vision will change over time. Your meaning and your purpose changes over time, and that's okay. And I think we get into a lot of, uh, well, some of us get into a lot of. Struggle or frustration around, well, why can't I just find my purpose and be done with? And, <laughs> yeah. You know? So was, I think you can you can feel that, right? <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. What's that, what's that one book I need to find that was going to... You know, where do I sign up for that course?
1: <laughs> that's it. That's it, right? And, you know, and... But it, it, it changes. And as you evolve, it's a natural process. As you evolve, yes, you evolve, uh, so will your mission and your values and, and, and things change. And um, I'm... Right now, I'm being... Um, surrounded by a lot of uh, you know whether I'm attracting it or I'm putting it out there uh, a lot of people going through relationship turmoil (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know and it's just in my in my space right now and it's also me because I am looking for that that that, you know the the match or the the person to to go on this journey with sure you mentioned that
0: a couple of times I'll make sure it's in the show notes (laughs) putting it out there yeah, this is, yeah, this okay, is an audio man. interview, but I'll, I'll, I'll vouch for it, Anthony, you're a uh-huh. good-looking guy, mate. <laughs> this is, oh my gosh, man, Dave's dating service, but,
1: you know, uh, but you know, having said that, a lot of people in the spiritual world or in our world have a lot of issues with relationships, yeah. and, and it stems from self, from self. It's not about finding the other person, it's about finding yourself, and that's, that's been my experience and my journey. It's kind of like you know, (coughs) um, I've been through some tough breakups, and at the same time, all of those those relationships were reflections. Um, You know, at the time, it it wasn't fun, but you know, looking back at it, it's like, well, yes, um, they were necessary for me to grow. Mm. And um, and business, look, the business relationship is the same thing. When I went through the breakup in my business relationship with my business partner, it's uh, man, it was just as painful. You know, because you You're together for some time and you know each other so well and and you have values that are aligned and then your values change uh, and then you have to break up and and that's okay, and we accepted that, you know, and said, look, that's okay um and we'll both move on to greater things, so I don't even know where I'm going in this conversation, but that's 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 kind of where it's at
0: yeah no i I hear you I hear you <laughs> in fact it's there's always an element of relationships that come into my conversations, and I'm starting to think. Uh, maybe that's uh, yeah. Maybe that's something that I'm creating in my space as well. So mm. very interesting. What do you think? Uh, confidence plays like how how does confidence play a part Great. in relationships, whether that's professional relationships or personal relationships or whatever. Yeah.
1: Okay, so I'm yeah. So in, in in the reason why I I really uh, am excited and passionate about this project I call confidentpreneur is really because uh, I've come across people myself being number one prime example of someone who uh has fears and doubts and frustrations and um you know at times it it, you know i know what i want to do but then i have these these blocks or i have these moments where it's it's you know this self-doubt niggling in my mind or or you know whatever it comes up and it comes up for a lot of people that that i've interviewed and that i've met along the way Mm -hmm. Um, and in relationships too, you know. Uh, so to answer the question, what is confidence? To me, it's it's really my definition of it is really arriving at self-awareness um, and self-acceptance. Okay. So what I work on, uh, you know. Yes, there are there are uh, cap capabilities and tactics and strategies and, and things like this uh, where you can go and develop skills. So you can go and become a better public speaker. Mm-hmm. You can, you know, you can go out there and become better at sales uh, or negotiation or you can, you know, or you can learn marketing strategies and you can learn all these different things. Uh, now, at the root of all that, and I, I learned this I guess I'll, I'll say when I was thrown in a deep end, when I lived in Toronto I took up a basically the situation was I couldn't Get I paid like I couldn't work for another company because my organize, my company let me go. Uh, I was on this visa which tied me to them, so I, I couldn't legally go and get hired by another company. So my uh, you know I I needed to pay my rent and all these things. So I went and basically took a sales job, uh, a door-to-door sales job. You know, 100% commission um, based role. So and it was you know winter over there so it's like minus 30 degrees every day and snowing and i'm on the streets knocking on businesses small businesses selling them uh it was these f machines well it's hardcore uh and you know i did i did the job for three months and but in that time mate like did i learn about rejection um and being able to handle you know walking into someone's premises and and basically being there to pitch them something yeah. um, and that's when I learned about uh, one like, one major takeaway from that was when I when I trained with my trainer and now here's this super cool you know um, dude where he wore the glasses he looked like a bouncer at a nightclub he would walk into a place so smooth um, he would speak like he knew the products inside out and he'd, he'd be able to talk to you like just very calm and, and you know it worked for him that was his style uh, and so I tried to replicate that naturally because that's who I learned from. Um, but it didn't work for me, right? Because it's not my personality. It's not. Uh, it, it's not who I am. And that's one of the. My mentors or my manager at the time said to me, "And that's not you, man. Like you, you can't walk up to someone and not smile. Like you have to smile at people. That's who you are. Yeah. And you know. And she said, the best. You know, here's your. Here's the thing. If you're gonna do this or in anything you wanna do. And become more confident, then the only way you're going to be able to do that is to be yourself, to be true to who you are and show up as yourself. Because that's what's, that's when you can do that, then people don't feel an aura of uh, deception. They don't feel like, you know, because this is energetically, we have this ability to, you know, or intuitively, we can feel what's going on with the other person, even if they don't say a single word. And, you know, and I learned that through this door-to-door sales job. Like mm-hmm. I really learned, you know, I, can, I When I started to just let that go and just walk into the shops and like smile at people and shake their hands and say, you know, hey, um, what's up? And you know, I still got rejected, you know, like thirty or forty times a day. But uh, my my results improved and it increased, uh, and, and it got to the point where I was generating, you know, two or three sales a week or whatever it was, and I was hitting my targets. Um, but the biggest lesson for me was, yeah, confidence was accepting that. Who I am and who I was uh, and all the experience that, I, that I've gone through, you know, shapes who, my identity and who I am, uh, like what I bring to the world. And it's okay to show up as that person. And this, this is, you know, as because you're also, you know, a, a public speaker, you understand when we get up on a stage in front of people, um, the audience will read. You know they're making judgments like man as soon as you get on that stage they're they're unconscious whether it's conscious or not they're making judgments on you know who is this person and you know is he or she telling me the truth Mm -hmm. um because if if there's any element of you not being (laughs) authentic then they will disconnect uh and then you lose your audience and then then you and i think the, 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 the sad thing is not not so much losing the audience the sad thing is then the message is lost and that's why we're there in the first place so um to me, back to the question, confidence is really about um, peeling away all these layers and then getting to who am I and, and what do I bring and, and what value can I, can I really, you know, how can I serve uh, and, and that's all my retreats and all these things that I do now is, is about helping people dig deep into themselves uh, and really uncovering those things. Um, so, does that answer the question? <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, I like it, I like it. Um, it, it sort of answers the question. Yeah. It, I, it, I think with a lot of these questions, there's no direct answer anyway. But it's good to uh, kind of spark up the conversation a bit. Yeah. Um, so what I, what I take away from that is that you know confidence is not necessarily something you do. It's it's who you are, and that's only going to come across when you have more self awareness to know who you are. Now, having said that, um, I'm kind of sympathizing just to play devil's advocate. I'm sympathizing with the guy listening to this mm. who's saying that. Well, yeah, I can be myself, but myself happens to be, you know, a, a scrawny, wimpy, uh, scared little, you know, shit who <laughs> has no confidence. So should yeah. I just be myself and that'll be more confidence? Because that's like a catch-22 there.
1: Yeah, yeah, good, great, great, uh, great challenge. And, I, I, and that, what reminds me of this is who I used to be uh, and elements of this still c- crops up from time to time was when I was in high school. Look, I never dated a single person in, in school. Mm-hmm. okay um not even through i think my first girlfriend was in university and so i was 21 at the time and it, you know and for me and i was surrounded by all i used to hang out with the basketball guys these guys were had all the girls right yeah. um and i used to sit there and go like how do how do these guys do it you know and it never occurred to me to actually ask them to teach me what they were doing mm-hmm. um so in hindsight you know look if you're a in school right now and you're listening to this, my gosh, you're amazed how to do it. Because I think that's a great time to experiment and to learn about uh, tactical things that you can do to develop confidence. Um, and to the scrawny guy who's going, well, I'm scrawny and all these things. Uh, I used to be that guy, so I can completely relate. You know, uh, And I think part of what you can do with that is then to look at, well, okay, that's me and I accept. First of all, do you accept and really love yourself as that person? Because if you're denying that part of yourself uh, then the next step is going to be very difficult because the next step is then to go, okay, the, here are the things that, that I would like to change or that I would like to improve upon, okay? So if it's the ability to talk to you know, the opposite sex or the ability to um, talk to politicians or powerful leaders or, or whatever, I've met entrepreneurs who just have real fears around just contacting uh you know people who they see as as who they idolize right um and you know simple things like just asking them a question or sending them an email and they will just stop like in their tracks and not do that Mm -hmm. and and i i just think well at the end of the day what yeah what have you got to lose and what have you got to gain and i think that's that's one of the strategies that i use uh, is to look at okay you know um i can let these fears and doubts Prevent me from taking action, or I can just do it anyway and see what happens. Um, worst case scenario is nothing happens, and nothing has really changed except that I've sort of de- developed this muscle where where I can uh, make myself take an action,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, which is training really for your mind and and, and uh, for yourself. Now, going back to that, the, the you know I'm a scrawny guy. You know, look at what you want to change. Look at who you who you want to become, and get very clear about that and then seek processes or exercises or activities or and people and mentors who allow you, uh, who can f- facilitate that growth, all right? So um, for me, you know, I'm, for example, right now, I'm working with a personal trainer because I I, I really want to work on my, my strength uh, in my body. I'm getting, you know, I've had terrible back pains for the longest time and for me, I don't want to be, you know, in a wheelchair. By the time I'm 50, mm. uh, it's more about you know I just want to be be healthy. I don't want to be Arnold Schwarzenegger and be completely ripped and, and this kind of thing. Like that's not where I'm going. Um, but I've just identified health is an important part of my life, and I haven't gotten where I want to be yet. So now I've seek I'm I've found a strategy or a way to improve that side a part of who I am, which is to work with a personal trainer because they they this guy pushes me and. He does things that when I try to do it on my own, I'm not so successful at, and that's part of it too. Identifying what you are good at and what you're not so good at, and then finding ways to to um, to shift those things that you're not good at, right? So that that in itself uh, allows you to to develop confidence because once you hit a certain milestone or result. So for me right now, I can um, you know I can do. 20 push-ups and I'm like slow push-ups just with my body weights and I couldn't do that before right Um, and that shows for me it makes me feel good because I've progressed Uh, and I know that if I keep it going then I'm going to uh, just get stronger and stronger and and that's kind of my approach to dealing with that side of things
0: yeah I I hear it Um, I I think a lot of people in the personal development self-help community industry whatever you want to call it so not the consumers, not the teachers necessarily, but the consumers, they kind of sometimes get confused about whether the confidence comes first or the capability comes first. So very often you'll see people who are waiting to learn the confidence and then actually give something a go. When sometimes you just got to put one foot in front of the other and you know you can learn skills of confidence to accelerate that process from people like yourself. But you know it's, it's kind of like well, if you make little wins along the way, that'll help your confident, confidence more than anything else, really.
1: Absolutely, it's 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 one step at a time. You know, it's yeah, it's cliche. Rome wasn't built in a day, and, and that kind of thing. But it's true. You know, <laughs> um, I like what Will Smith says because he he uses an example of when he was a little boy, and his father um, basically. Used to build houses or something like that, and so he, he got little wheels to come along and start build brick by brick. He laid the found, he laid the foundations um, to build this ha- this house uh, or this wall, and you know, and at the time, you know, when they started it didn't make any sense right because you couldn't because he couldn't see the vision of what was coming um but then once the late once you know you got halfway and the bricks were all laid up and then actually at the end of it you saw there's a whole wall there that you built you know over time um then it's like wow uh, and that you know you can only develop incre- increase confidence step by step one one action or one behavior at a time now something i want to also touch upon here is uh the the, the idea of self-belief right because uh you know a made of mine i asked him some time ago because he used to do per, he was a personal trainer and he used to work with different clients and i said to him you know what if you if if someone came to you and they wanted to lose some weight or whether they wanted to build body mass or they just wanted to um, get in shape if they came to you and you know they're putting their trust in you to to whip them and to put them you know like help them accomplish these goals Mm -hmm. if they if they didn't believe 100 percent that it would occur they would it was actually possible and that it would happen would it happen even though you were there every day to push them and he said there's no way that would happen if the person does not believe that it's going to happen so you know and that they could see themselves transforming and I think that's the key element of developing confidence is you have to believe that is possible okay now when you start off you might not believe it all right and uh, and that's okay but I think if you go through the motions and the whole time you're doubting that it's possible then then you know Mind psychology and all the studies that we've done in the NLP world and all this will will tell you that uh, you know belief is really the number one factor uh, that we need to change in our mind first before we can change in the physical reality and and that's why I think for me working with a personal trainer helps me because in in an essence he's my coach um, and and he he can see you know what I can't see uh, even though I'm looking at it from my lens and, and i believe that it can happen um but he's sort of like the additional uh i guess the, the additional partner that, that that's there that that's saying that also reaffirms what what i believe uh, and i think that's that's critical
0: mm-hmm. do you still have moments of self-doubt and if you do do you have moments of uh basically feeling like a fraud
1: i do i do um <laughs> uh, i just a, it's a, an insight into what's going on I'm, I'm actually in discussions with um the organizers for uh, for tedx uh a tedx event here in sydney and uh you know sitting with them and we went through the 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 the, the, the structure of how you know i have to put together a presentation to give to them um and the, and the format of it and then they're going to review it and then either approve or, or or deny it uh and you know and i was doing this last night <laughs> and that moment came up where I thought, man, who am I to get on the stage and talk about NLP and confidence and all these things? You know, it actually came up, and I thought, you know, and I had to, uh, it was just really interesting to go through that, you know, and um, I mean, I'm the first to, to admit I'm not perfect, you know, and uh, when I get on, on, and I, on and I share messages and I get on the stage, and even when I was on TV, I was so nervous. Uh, and even before I got on to, to Channel 10, I was standing in the back stage. You know shaking and and thinking oh my gosh you know uh what if they what if they see me as you know a fraud what do they see like you know um who's this guy and so that definitely comes up it's it's still present um but i guess what i've learned over time is how to then to to move through that right um and a big part of it comes from you know yoga training and and Ripassana and, and just this learning to breathe in those moments and, and just just letting it go you know not holding on to these these doubts and just say okay it's there and just let it go and, and just step forward and, and, and take the action anyway and I think that's you know if anything that's part of that's a big part of what, what I teach as well
0: hmm. what about what about when you've already screwed up
1: what about when I've re- what do you mean by so, that so
0: like if you've you know, if you're in a situation where you're going to do a uh, a proclamation, whether it's public, or if it's one in a one on one situation, regardless, and you feel a bit of anxiety coming up, because you doubt yourself, or you doubt your credibility, or your authority to say what you want to say. And then you say it anyway. And later, you think to yourself, Oh shit, I feel, I feel like I shouldn't have said what I said, or I shouldn't have said it in that way. Because it just—it didn't feel uh, like I deserved to say it, or it didn't feel like I was being completely, you know, true to myself when I was saying it. And the information itself might have been fine, but you just felt like there was some sort of, you know, you weren't really in it and you weren't with it when you said it. So that moment has passed. So mm-hmm. you've kind of, you, you've lost it. The, the, the sh- that ship has sailed of being able to, you know, control your heart rate and control your emotions and control your breathing. You've already done it, and you've and you've messed it up uh what do you, you know, how do you get over that
1: i think uh my my i'm gonna sort of repeat something that wayne you know wayne dyer he's a teacher in, hmm. in the personal development world um and something he said is if it's something that you can change why worry and if it's something that you cannot change why worry right so because worry and and focusing on something that has transpired, has already passed, that we cannot change. Um, I guess the question that, that arises is, well, what is the benefit of focusing on that what's the what, what is the benefit of staying there i think what what's coming up for me right now is a story and i'm pretty sure you've heard it before dev is the one where it's a, it comes from i think zen buddhism story or something um of two monks you know one is a disciple one is a teacher and they're walking you know on their way to the temple and along the way they they, they get to a, a river crossing or a, a you know a stream of some sort and there's a woman there on the ground and then the, 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 the teacher, the, the master, the, old, the older um, monk, he, he bends down and he, he lifts her up and he carries her across the river. And now the disciple and then he, 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 then he, he lets her down and they continue walking. And now for those of you who are unfamiliar with this, um, see so in, in in old Buddhist times, even now, it, it's it's actually not permitted for for any monks to to have physical contact with uh, with women. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, and so in what happens in the story is the disciple, the, the young man, the young monk, says to to his teacher. They they actually arrive at the the, the 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 monastery, and then the young man is really in agitated state, agitated, frustrated. You know, and he's got something that he needs to say. And so the the master says to him, you know. Um, you know, young young son or young man, you know, tell me what's going on, and and he says, you know, I, don't, I can't believe, you know, so the young man says, I can't believe you you carried that you picked that woman up and you carried her across the river, and you know, um, and and it was letting all, all out, and so the master says to him, he says, young man, I let I let go of that woman back at the river. Why are you still holding on to her? Mm-hmm. So you know, so that's that's the the approach that I take with to answer your question when there's a mistake or there's something that's going on that we cannot resolve um the question is well why do i want why am i still holding on to this because i can't change it right um i can make amends in terms of if if it's a if i have an opportunity to to you know do a broadcast or make a statement to say well that was incorrect and be honest about that i can do that sure but i think it's more about internally you know working on this this idea of well yeah it happened um does it you know what is the repercussions of of that particular behavior or that particular statement right if there's going to be a negative in some way or hurt somebody then yes you know i will make amends and and try and 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 resolve that uh if if it's really in the grand scheme of things you know my own you know shit that i need to deal with then then i would you know i would work on similar to, to 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 the monk story i would work on okay how can i let this go and move on Right? Is it holding me back or is it actually allowing me to, to move on?
0: Yeah. And basically stop holding on to girls way past the river. That's it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> unless unless they're hot and then yeah, you know.
0: <laughs> oh man, those uh those hot girls drowning in rivers. <laughs> Damn them. <laughs> Damn them. Yeah. <laughs> you definitely don't want to be picking those up. <laughs> uh, mate. Trouble. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's cool. That's cool. So what what happens at your retreats?
1: Uh, at the retreats, okay, so basically they're they're a bit of combination of if you ever if you've ever been to a yoga retreat or a meditation retreat, it, it takes those elements. We do those uh, those practices. Um, now, that's a, a fraction of what we do. Um, the, the, the The real intention of it is to really help people who are feeling stuck, uh, or who you know whether it's in their career or in their relationships or, or whatever it is, um, to help them really. Connect to, to their, their, their uh, to their heart, to their to their desires and to the, to their beliefs, uh, and then really allow them to let go. So it's basically this. What we already spoke about in, on this call is this process that I've gone through personally. But I, uh, this retreat is designed in a way that you go th- and identify what it is what it is that you're actually wanting and desiring in your life. What is it that's that's stopping you or limiting you from getting it? Releasing that, uh, and then. At the end of it, um, putting together some strategies to help you uh, keep going, all right, to, towards on the path that you want to create. So that that's really the crux of, of the program. Um, and It's a lot of fun because there is yoga. There's drumming. We do a drum circle. There's you know, it's all vegetarian, amazing vegetarian food, and it's all out in nature too. So we do nature walks. We swim, you know, in the beach and this kind of stuff, um, which is a huge part of my my belief is um, it's important. At certain intervals, to to take ourselves out of our day-to-day environment, um, whether you know it's in the cities, because cities there's a lot of noise and there's a lot of um, distraction, uh, and then you know turning off the iPhones and whatnot, and and getting off the laptops, and really getting out there and connecting to nature, to mm-hmm. self, and to also the, the other people who are there. Um, so you have a sense of community, and uh, and it's just. Uh, this is what's part of my experience i've been to, to retreats like this and that's how i've been able to grow and develop so i see the value in that and so i decided this year that i would bring that as well and offer that to people who wanted to do it
0: okay so it sounds it sounds like a nice retreat how, how does someone know if they <clears throat> if they need a retreat not just your retreat but just any retreat from their kind of life or if they need to just persevere with the struggle that they might be experiencing
1: well, I think it, you you kind of answered it by saying you know it, it is a retreat from your life. <laughs> um, I, I I how does someone know? I think you know when you've been maybe you've been sitting on an idea or a concept or a desire and that's come to you know into your awareness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I I spoke to a mate of mine last <clears> night who uh, we went to university together, and he saw me on Channel Ten, and then he said, "Well, you know." I really like your message. And I said, okay, cool. Um, And he said, you know, I've wanted to write this book for a long time. And I never knew this. He's never mentioned this to me. Mm. Um, But it came to light last night. And he said, you know, I have all these ideas in my mind. And, and I feel like if I don't let it go, if I don't let it bring it out, um, then I'm going to have major regret. And, and it's just constantly uh, like bugging me uh, that, that I don't let it out. Right. And so I said to him, and so, That situation is a really great example of someone who who needs to take a little time out and it doesn't necessarily mean you have to go on a retreat, um, you know, my type of retreat. It just could mean you just need to take a day off from work or whatever, or even just on your weekends, go and sit somewhere that's quiet uh, or, you know, uh, probably not at the pub, you might want to go to the beach or or somewhere, you know, um, remove the intoxication. and maybe not go to a rave. I've done that too, but uh, you know, somewhere that you can actually just allow yourself to let these ideas out. And whether it's you, you want to write it out, or you want to speak it out, or, or you know, sit with a, with a friend and, and just share, you know, these these things that are going on. Now, the retreats are designed. You know, yoga retreats, meditation retreats, and and my confidence retreats are designed um, with specific tools and and programs in mind to help you facilitate. The, the process uh, and accelerate the process actually, um, but you know if if just if you can if you just go into the park. I used to do that all the time. I would just go when I lived in Toronto. I would just go and sit in the park uh, and bring my journal and I would just write.
0: Mm. You
1: know, and and that'd be a good way to uh, to connect with with myself. Now another thing is to meditate, right? Uh, and I've just written a, a a post for the Huffington, which hasn't been published yet, but will be soon, um, which is around the the power of stillness and you know and being able to connect or 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 steal our 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 bodies and our minds um and really center and ground, and really just to connect to inside what we want uh because you know a lot of us spend a lot of time generalizing here of course but um a lot of people spend a lot of time externalizing and trying to find fulfillment and happiness and, and these sort of things outside themselves um that, that and they 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 come up against blocks, you know, and, and things don't work out, and then it just causes frustration. Um, and then at some stage you realise that fulfilment and joy and and peace comes from inside, and and that's the power of stillness, and that's what it allows you to do.
0: Hmm. <coughs> Why do you think some people are turned off by that?
1: Turned off by the idea of, of stillness?
0: No, turned off by the idea of peace and uh, peace and tranquility and all of this coming from the inside like I'm I'm thinking of a couple of friends of mine who would really really benefit and value from what you just said because I completely agree with it uh, naturally but I also know that as they hear this they're very likely to just instinctively make a face at it they'll scrunch up their face yeah, they'll please. be like Ugh.
1: yeah I I had this experience when I first uh, when I first came out of hospital and I was you know i was on this became a, a seeker hmm. um because what it meant was i had to face the reality well okay now reality this is a whole different conversation and i don't want to <laughs> open that door right now but um the if we take okay uh, th- i'm presenting this in my talk is there's there's two ways to 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 live your life one is you live your life um with the assumption that that life just happens to you and and you're just a player within that and therefore you're you're at what's called effect okay um and so you know events happen and and things like you lose your job and you lose money you gamble it away and you know but none of that's your responsibility that's just what life's throwing at you Hmm. okay that's that's one way to look at it the other way to look at it is if you're at cause which is where you're the creator right where where you are we talked about you know people creating situations of trauma right so this is where we go into a different understanding and we say okay well if i'm here and reality as we see it is a model and a reflection of what's going on inside ourselves okay and and the 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 3d material world is now an extension of that Um, then we have become we assume the role of the creator and that actually gives us what's called personal power okay because now we're looking at we're approaching life from a from a viewpoint of well yes events will happen now i can be at mercy of those events or i can learn from them and choose how i want to then move forward and take those lessons that 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 are presented to us um so to, to be able to uh, to people who have resistance to um, you know going inside, uh, uh, what what it brings up for them it, it challenges their understanding of the world because it's easy for us to say hey well I'm just a victim and shit happens to me and I'm unlucky you know and there's there's a lot of people out there who think oh that guy made it or that girl made it because she's just damn lucky mm-hmm. right um, it's easy to to to, to uh, just make that kind of statement and push it to the side because then that allows you to stay where you are and, and bitch and moan and, and, and whatever. <laughs> um, you know. But at the same time, you're not facing, you're not claiming your personal power. You're not claiming responsibility for your own life. Um, and, and I think that's a position that, whether that's a societal thing or whether that's just um, personal, uh, I think that's 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 what happens it causes people to get uh, they don't want to s- sit there or stand there and say to you yes this is my cause like I created this uh, because what does it mean it means then they're responsible for changing it right mm-hmm. um, and a lot of and some people don't want to deal with that because maybe they have other stuff going on in their lives okay um, or they don't know how or they don't they see it as a lot of work and from where I'm sitting, it's actually a lot more work to play the victim, okay? Because you you have to hold on to this story and this guilt and and doubt and and um, shame and all these things that go on, which are destructive, all right? Uh, and I think that's that's the risk that you take when when you play the victim role.
0: Hmm. <clears throat> For some reason, it reminds me of uh, one of the favorite one of my favorite things that I learned from NLP. Uh, was in the presupposition that the basically having choice is better than not having choice and the element in the system that has the most flexibility has the most control. So if you have the greatest sort of range of uh, options for yourself, then you're going to be able to make the most informed decision in a sense, which is really, it really boils down to, um, to self awareness, as you said which again comes back to the point that you made which is that confidence knowing that you know you have a very high probability of success in any decision of choice that you make is going to come down to how much self-awareness you have because that's going to give you more options a broader perspective uh, and just more uh, more insight and foresight absolutely
1: absolutely uh, absolutely and i and you know what what came to me just as you were saying that is this, you know, one another reason why I, I kind of started to distance myself from from the online marketing world and and whatnot is because there are a lot of people or spruikers or whatever you want to call them who are pushing this idea of financial freedom and independence, mm. um, and you know, creating the lifestyle by design and all these things. Uh, I'm very wary of using those phrases because, going back to, to confidence <coughs> and self-awareness, if you are really self-aware, then you are able to then determine what it is that you know, what your values, your core values are for me, one of mine is freedom and um, now when it comes down to it, it's actually freedom of choice right, so being able to choose in any moment how I want the next part of my life to be and that and that's that's so the power is in that choosing and so if we you know, if we go back to your presuppositions, if we presuppose then that I can make the choice, you know, whether I want to spend money on this or not, or if I want to hang out with this person or not, or if I want to pursue this, you know, discipline or not, um, then that's 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 already within itself is a freedom, and all you need to do is look at somewhere like a Ukraine or whatever else is going on in the world to see that they don't have those freedoms, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I think that that's the power of perspective, and. One of the benefits of of you know the advancement in technology and social media is actually that we can now uh, very quickly see what's going else what's going on elsewhere um, around the world, and we can tap into well hey you know my life isn't so bad after all, right? Um, it just depends on 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 your 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 viewpoint. So I think that that's really what it comes down to. Hmm.
0: Hmm. I wanna I wanna ask you about because you mentioned Ukraine and mm-hmm. uh, earlier we were talking very very briefly about your uh, Laos experiences and third world countries and just people where they inherently have a lot less choice. What about when people kind of say that you know you can forgive people in third world countries for not being as empowered because of their cultural or political or geopolitical situation, but in my life I've You know, suffered this and this and this, which has restricted my choices, or I have this and this and this obligation, which has restricted my choices, and that's my excuse for not being as confident as I could be or as people might expect me to be. So, where do you draw that line between, you know, saying, okay, fine, there are situations out of your control that limit and restrict your choices, and between that and saying that? it is your responsibility to create more choices for yourself
1: that's a really great question and and to answer that i i want to i mean there are shining examples of of where people in dire circumstances or uh you know definitely circumstances like situations that we wouldn't want to go through ourselves you know i'm just thinking of you know um say Nelson Mandela who passed away recently Mm. uh you know and he and even the Dalai Lama uh, and whether you you like him or not this is not what we're talking about I think it's more about you know these people went through really difficult times in in their countries and in their in their cities uh and where they you know in their locations and you know there was a great interview that I watched of Nelson Mandela when he came out of jail um you know his his, um, confinement and and the the interviewer asked him, said, you know, you were put into jail, uh, and then treated like, you know, um, like a slave or, or whatever it was, um, and then and now you've come out of it, and and how is it that you're not angry, or how how is it that you did not um, respond with violence? Okay, uh, and and his response to that was, well. I could choose I could choose you know it's not that I'm not angry right because anger is there it's present right but I can choose now this is me paraphrasing I don't have the exact verbiage that's right but but um, you know he said I can choose to come out with anger and I can choose to respond the way that I was treated right so I can I can start fights and I can shoot people down I can kill people and do these things but the only when I think about that It doesn't move this nation the way in a positive direction all it does it just creates bloodshed right um it actually is you know it's not progressive and so his response to that was to not go down that path uh even though you know some people at that time wanted him to right Mm -hmm. um you know but he just Sought a peaceful alternative, uh, and you know. And now we know, you know, 30 or whatever years on, we know what came out of that. Um, and he transformed the nation. Now, uh, not just him, and I want I want to make that distinction too. It wasn't one man who changed the whole country. There were yeah, people it never that, is. Yeah, it was people that supported him. He had a team. There was a whole thing that went on. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and that's just yeah. To, just to answer the question, when you have circumstances that are beyond your control. Right, so maybe you're um, you're, a four, you're a you're a young woman, young girl who's raised in Africa, and you know you're being sold as a sex slave, and, and other things are going on in your in your reality. Um, yes, it's very difficult to see here and say that person chose that circumstance. Okay, um, what what I take from that is they can then choose what to do with that circumstance. Now it's not possible for everyone. I understand that. Okay, um, but I guess for me it's more of a case of we can. I'll give you an example. I'll give you one for example from from my life because I grew up in the southwest of Sydney, uh, Cabramatta, if you know the area, mm-hmm. and it's you know and during the '90s there was a lot of you know gang violence. There was um, you know drugs being dealt. It was known as the the, the junkie you know the junkie yard of of, of Sydney, and. Um, a lot of bad things went down in that neighborhood, right? And and I went to university at University of Sydney, so I attended, you know, I was in I was sitting in philosophy classes and whatnot and metaphysics <laughs> and all these things um, with people from the North Shore. And at the time, if you had a mobile phone, you were a yuppie because, mm-hmm. you know, people like from, from where I was coming from, there was no way in hell we'd have a mobile phone, right? Um, and it was just interesting to observe that because people would sit there in front of me and and, and make these these claims about Cabramatta and the Southwest and and things that really they had nothing they had no idea what they were talking about it just came from the media right so um, now I had come from that place right I grew up in that area I know what it's like I've never been shot stabbed mugged or anything like that ever Um, at the same time you know, I've been, I've seen fights, I've been in, in, I haven't physically punched anyone but I've seen my cousins go through that and, and other people, you know, involved in that. Yeah, now, you're missing out, man. Oh, hey, you know, um, <laughs> uh, you know I, well, I, I had my fights when I did Taekwondo. But anyway, um, uh, the point that I'm trying to make here is that I could have been a product of that environment because I hung out in a, a Macquarie field, so I hung out where there was, you know, people in gangs and whatever else, um, but I actually chose to distance myself from that. Mm. Okay, because I saw what was happening, and I saw that I recognized at an early age. If I stayed in that environment, it wouldn't be long before I was doing drugs, dealing drugs, um, ending, ending up, you know, in the police vans, uh, just like my, you know, the people that were around me at the time, mm. you know. And so, and then I could be, I could sit there and say, well, it was the circumstance, right? It was because of those people and that environment that I became one of those people. Um, but I think. I had learned to to make a choice and say well you know what uh in the if i do a bit of foreplanning and have a bit of foresight uh i can see where this is going and it's not ending up in a good place and that's not where i want to go so i'm going to shift that now you know that's not as as tough a situation as ukraine or or something like that but what i saw i'll go to laos now because i know you wanted to to talk about laos for a bit Mm. um so when i went into laos and for those who don't know laos is the most to date is the most bombed place on a planet per capita um and that happened during the, the it's known as a secret war um which is Italian of the Vietnam War
0: All oh, right. okay I didn't know that I actually yeah. thought it was Belgrade
1: right um so that's that's yeah so this is one of the things and and hmm. the the legacy of that you know they were in, in the space of one year the Americans dropped oh, I can't remember how many bombs were like on that on that on the northern what well, was Vietnam and Laos the northern part of Laos yeah. and um and the legacy is that now Laos has the highest rate of, um, what's the word, you know, people who don't who don't have limbs. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, what, I mean, like people who, yeah, because of because there are landmines everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so now there's, there's a, there are more people in in Laos that have you know severe limbs and have prosthetics uh, than anywhere else in the world. Okay, um, and there is still a whole. Shitload of landmines, my little language, uh, you know, all over the country, littered in certain areas of the country, and that area, those that that landmass cannot be utilized for farming or agriculture, mm-hmm. which which sends the, the the people in those places into poverty, because they can't earn a living um, doing you know what most of the country are doing, okay, uh, and now the beautiful thing that I saw was okay, this is. The Lao, look. Lao people didn't ask for this. They, there was no reason why they should have been involved in the war anyway, okay? Because uh, Americans were targeting targeting the Vietnamese at the time, and uh, but the leg. But what happened was, I met with people. You know, I've been to there's a place called Cope, which is a um, a centre for prosthetics, um, and I watched some documentaries. And I asked the people that worked there, and you know, and I said, so what's, how how did the Lao people deal with, you know, being because they can very easily say we were the victims. Yeah. Right. Um, we didn't ask for this. It was given to us. Now they 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 have a Buddhist philosophy, and Buddhist Buddhism is the main you know religion in that country. Mm-hmm. Um, so, based on that philosophy, what they take from it is you know well, whatever will happen is whatever um, Buddha or whatever will happen will happen, and and let's just go with the flow, and we'll just we'll just live with that. They're very. They focus on living in the present, so there's not a lot of, you know, like here in the Western world where we focus on, well, what do you want in 12 months? What do you want in five years? You ask a Lao person that question and they can't answer that, like they 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 just don't know how to answer that question. Okay, because mm-hmm. because all they care about is today. How can I feed my family? How can I, you know, enjoy my time with the people around me? And how can I do work that's of service? Um, and and so when you know so instead of playing the victim what they do instead instead is they shift into this modality of well you know yes we've been dealt a tough hand um and there's a lot of tra- trauma and grief and and they're still dealing with that um but at the same time they just focus on the present like what do we need to get done today you know um and that's something that i think is just remarkable like for me it's like wow you know, because if there's anyone in the world they can bitch and moan about how shit a life they've had. Uh it's just people who had the the, the crap out bombed out of them. Um you know, and, and that was just something that I took away from, from my experience in that country. Right? Um and so there's that, child yeah. How did you end up there? Uh in the country? Yeah. Um, so because I, I was I was born there uh-huh. in nineteen seventy nine, but my family came to Australia the year after. Okay. And uh I'd never gone back. Right. And in 2009, I mentioned earlier, my mother passed away, and that was because I have such an interest in storytelling. Um, I realized at that time that I really don't have the stories of my family. Like I don't have any stories of when my, my mother was a child, you know, or you know when she was, you know, a hot hot young woman, and and, and all these things. And um, and I, I figured, well, if I were, if you know, assuming I have kids. I really don't know what to tell their grand tell them about their grandmother Mm. Uh, and so I had this I felt this compulsion this pull uh, to go back to the motherland uh, and to really explore my roots right Um, and it was that was really life-affirming life-changing for me because I saw where you know all the struggles that they had gone through uh, in order to come to Australia and build and create the life that I was able to live, which is really, really in comparison is one of luxury. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. And so, so that's, again, this is you know, going back to that, that perspective. Perspective can change a lot of things.
0: Interesting, interesting. Yeah, I think we, we inherit a lot from our parents that we don't realize and our ancestors in general. Mm. Um, I mean, not even going so deep into it as discussing things like family systems and all that, but just at a more simple surface level uh, way, you know, y- your parents go through all this stuff and it can really shape us. Uh, it can really it can really formulate the decisions that we make and the choices that we feel we have and the choices we feel we don't have uh, until we, you know, do something like what you did, I guess, and actually get that expanded uh, perspective. So how, how long were you there for?
1: I was in Laos for 10 months.
0: Okay. Is, is that how long you intended to go for?
1: I was actually uh, only going for, for, initially for two months. Uh-huh. Uh, and then I volunteered at, at, at a school um, through a, a recommendation from someone I knew in Canada. So right. I volunteered at this school and then I enjoyed being there so much and I felt my work wasn't done uh and so i came back to sydney for a month and then i went to back to canada for a bit and then i actually I actually committed to going back to laos and they actually um basically an opportunity came up for me to go back and, and live there for another six or seven months mm-hmm. uh and I, I i i jumped at the opportunity because i think it, it, it also allowed me to spend more time with my family over there uh and to 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 experience what it's like to live in a very different place environment to being in in you know modern day cities like toronto or sydney um and very valuable time and i i'm still in my in my heart i i know there's still more work to be done in that country and at some stage i'm looking at going back
0: Mm. Mm. interesting we've talked a bit about confidence and fear what's your greatest fear at the moment
1: my greatest fear at the moment is i have two one is that uh, that my me- I don't live to my potential, mm-hmm. uh, and that's you know really taking what I've learned and and what I know and and uh, my my long term is to build some kind of um, my long term vision is to build some kind of leadership academy or you know all these tools that we've learned here uh, I'd like to take it over there um, and then teach it and 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 not just teach it but i want to train people locally so they can have that skill set um and then they can be the ambassadors and they can be the ones who who help move that nation forward um you know and uh, that's that's kind of the big you know big hairy audacious goal um and for me that's a fear for me it's like how can i make that happen if what if i don't make that happen right um and the second fear is again around uh me aging <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, even though I don't look like I'm aging you know some people have made that comment but uh it, I definitely feel mortality and more so because I'm seeing my father age and and you know my auntie ate like they're getting older and I'm really cognizant of that going on and and my concern for them is like that they won't have what they want in their life um you know because they've they've done a lot not just for, for our family but for their communities yeah. And uh and I want to carry that on for them and so and part of that is for me to have my own family. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, um because I am the only son in my family, so um yeah, I I need not that I need to, but I'd have a desire to to really I want to have children. I want to um that would be my my second legacy, you know, beyond beyond creating something big and a vision, all these things. The second, le- the family is also a legacy too, yeah. and and I think that's you know for me, it's uh, finding the right person to help me make that happen.
0: Yeah, I, I relate to that big time because I've been recently having these conversations with um, with just a couple of different friends about the obligations we put on ourselves to fulfill, um, you know, our, our parents. Uh, maybe some sort of innate desire to live vicariously through us, and especially when if we have a very supportive uh, family, and we have you know very very uh, blessed childhood and the perspective to know that you know our parents struggled a lot to uh, give us so much, and I've had that experience and you've obviously had that experience, and I'm not an only child, but I still often go through these you know phases of feeling um, like. I, I owe a huge debt to my parents and, and you know therefore certain very significant life decisions that I need to make need to, be, need to be made in consideration of that debt and at the same time I've been having a lot of conversations with people who feel that that's completely uh, wrong it's, it's not only is it useless but it's actually quite dangerous because then you end up uh, you end up being very self-sacrificing or something just that isn't actually as relevant and you might serve you know a, a surface level a set of desires or ambitions or dreams that your family has but you can get in the way of your own potential in terms of serving the world in a much greater way when you're true to yourself so it, it's very complex i know that doesn't make complete sense but i'm sure a lot of people listening to this will just intuitively be able to relate to what i'm saying uh do you do you relate to it and like what are your thoughts
1: I do. I. I and I, I. do relate to it, and I see it. I think it's more challenging now, you know, for me, because I. I primarily work with women. Okay, so mm-hmm. it's just who I attract, and it's just who I relate better to. Uh, I have some very powerful men that you know that I connect with as well, just such as yourself. Uh, but, but I feel it's very it's even more in the awareness of the women because they do have the biological clock um and you know there are certain pressures around that now for me um it's very easy for me to say i'm just gonna work on you know my legacy and uh forego the family um it just there is there is a it, but i don't i don't see it as loggerheads i don't see it as it's mutually exclusive one or the other I actually feel that um, why what I I ask is well what if I could have both right because that that could then um, really just take me to another level I just feel intuitively that you know um, to be able to have a family and, and not, the, the supportive partner and the, the and the, the children who can carry on my message, you know, beyond my my time here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think that to to me that's that's a selfish desire, <laughs> um, but I think it's it's it, it's important. And it, I'm not so much subscribing to the desires of my family and that you know you must have children. Um, that's you know I went through a period of my life where I, re- I rejected anything that my family wanted. Mm -hmm. Right, Um, and actually, it's become a point now because my mother did pass away. uh, The one thing that, if I were to call it it a regret, was that she isn't physically around to see her grandchildren. Yeah, you know, because that was the one thing that she wanted. Like she really, and that comes from her programming and her culture. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's the one thing, you know. Ever since I was a little boy, she's like, "You're gonna have some kids one day, and I'm gonna be the best grandmother ever," you know. And um, and I just, I have moments even now where i reflect on and i see her in my in my mind and i think you know um like i know she's present and and uh and she'll see the, the kids but i just wish that she was here you know um because i think i've see other friends now who are having children and just the delight and the joy that that brings to to the family system um this is there's a i don't know it's, a, it's not a tangible thing that i can really explain i think it's i think it's you, a
0: sense of wholeness right like yes no, yes no, that's no matter it. what you do you, you're not gonna have that wholeness i relate man i relate yeah
1: yeah you know but at the same time if it doesn't happen look i'm not gonna force it i'm not just gonna go and marry some random person and have kids i mm. think if you know if, if if it's not what i call the right match then then that's okay you know i'm more than happy to live my life um you know as as I might adopt kids. There's other ways to do it, right? It it just, I don't know how, what that's, the how so much, but I understand for me that it's, um, I just feel it. I just feel, yeah, you know, it's, I love spending time with kids and and I seem to relate well with them and them to me. Hmm. And, uh, you know, and that's why I did this teaching gig when I was in Laos. You know, I worked with 30, not, well, not started with 30 kids, but that that grew to like the whole bloody school. So there was, (laughs) you know, like 400 kids. and some of them man they drove me insane but uh, you know at the same time I just when they look at you and they you know yeah you know and they they have this respect for you and they you know when they decide to listen to you it's like wow they're very they're very open and 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 the beautiful thing about kids that we can learn from as adults is how honest and real they are Mm -hmm. you know there's no pretense there's no anything they just they just tell you straight up and, and I really I really value that in children
0: yeah no. I think the thing that comes to my mind is um, the juice of this is really, you know, when do you, when are you making, how do you even know when you're making a decision that's actually for yourself mm. or it's actually for someone else? And this could be in the context of obviously what we're talking about right now, or it could even be in the context of going down the path of getting a job or versus starting a business that you really care about. Um, but even in this context, just to, you know, use this example that we're talking about, how do you know that? when you do go and find a partner and you do go and find someone to have kids with you're not looking through this lens of satisfying your mother's ambition but you're actually doing it for what you want
1: so that's you know from for uh, this is why it's important and I've become a full you know I've, I've <laughs> it's funny because ten years ago I wasn't this I was on the opposing uh, view viewpoint um, in terms of you know mind versus heart mm-hmm. uh, or ego versus heart or whatever you want to call it and uh, you know there's there's, there's a rational decision making process and then there is the irrational <laughs> um, which is more the emotional decision decision making process and for me I've I've come to realize that um, and I think I denied listening to the soul or listening to the heart uh for a long time and and now I've come full circle and I've come to the place where you know I trust my instinct um and I you know I open up to I still seek vi- advice from people who I trust uh and mentors and and people you know really close friends and whatnot um but at the same time I take everything with a grain of salt because I understand that whatever they're sharing comes from their filters as well um you know so i remember i'm going to give you an example there was when my mother passed away i was living in montreal at the time mm-hmm. and uh, so i got this email from one of my best friends um and we knew each other from university university days and he sent this email it was very short he didn't say much the only thing he he asked me one question he said are you coming so he says so when are you coming back you know um Implying, you know, when am I coming back to Sydney? Yeah. Uh, and and I, 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 I responded to, to that email and I said I'm not. Mm-hmm. You know, and I knew exactly what he was asking, and I knew where like I knew where it came from because now he's of Indian descent, and so for him, family is a huge thing. Mm. Um, and and his values, he's very grounded in that, and you know, he's like, whatever, something happens to your parents, mate, you should be there. Like that's that's the way that he's grown up, and you know, I I knew that. So I knew that I was pushing him big time. Like I was like challenging his belief systems in a major way Um, because I had to resolve that within myself before that anyway, Mm. I had to resolve this idea of, well, I'm not going to be there to hold my hand, my mother's hand when she passed away. All right. Um, Because I knew, I think it was four months prior to that. I had actually been in Sydney and I, I sat with my mother, you know and she was in great depression and, and it was like just really a ter- dark time in, in both our lives and you know and i held her hand and i basically you know i made peace within myself and with her and knew that that was the last time i would see her in the flesh right uh and so when this email came from him i responded and said i'm not coming like I, you know like i'm just not and Let's fast forward three years later, and I came back to, to Sydney and moved back into this country, mm. and uh, and we met, and he basically he he voiced it. He said, "You know what? I was not. I really was disappointed in you in that moment." And I said, "I knew. I, I said I knew that. Like I, I knew. I knew. Like I just knew where that was coming from, and I knew that that was your expectation." And I said, "Mate, uh, and I also understand. I also respect that you appreciated that I made the decision based on all the stuff I'd, I was going through internally, and that it was my life to, and it was my choice to make that call." you know um and so in those situations i guess how did i arrive at that decision i I think for me it was a process of uh really uh i had a coach at the time who helped me you know i brought these concerns up and and things and i said you know and he he was able to help me really look at it because he was he was objective to the he wasn't in my my scenario but he was outside of it looking in and he said to me well it sounds like you know uh there's some cultural expectation around this and your family expects certain things and you know um, and I said yeah that's exactly what it is because I felt this huge burden on me and you know and I was like I wasn't sleeping right and all these things were going on and and he basically he did he helped me through a release process uh, or forgiveness process and that allowed me to release a lot of that stuff I was holding on to that wasn't mine it really was you know my 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 the lao community it was really my family stuff and uh i was able to let that go and it, it, i was able to then focus on well what is it that Anthony needs in this point in time right um and that's that that was one i guess that's one strategy that that you can use is to really check in with someone who who can help you um d- ascertain whether it is your own you know belief system or someone else's mm-hmm. um that's one way to do it another way is to really Going back to this idea of stillness, really going back to taking the time out to just reflect or journal and allow yourself to to connect to well, what is it that I really truly want? And one way, you know, what's been uh, I guess a good determinant is um, paying attention to your feelings. And I know that for some people listening to this might that sound weird, you know, coming from a guy, <laughs> um, but it 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 really is uh so powerful because i feel that our emotions are drivers and they're signals that we can utilize um to to really it's almost like uh like traffic lights that 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 tell us whether we we're moving in the the direction that that we internally desire or not all right and when we get into frustration and anger and certain uh you know, negative emotions. Then I think they're flags to say, "Well, hey, you're not going. Your things are happening right now that you don't really want to happen, or you don't agree with. So listen up, you know, uh, and really, like, just suspend the emotion for a moment and just look at, okay, what's really going on there, and then uh, and then take that and move forward from there."
0: Awesome, awesome. I've I've learned a lot from from that. I think. Yeah, we had a <laughs> that was a very profound run of the last fifteen minutes or so of this conversation. I was not expecting uh, to go off um, in that direction, but I'm glad we did.
1: Just going as a flow, my brother. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, it's good, man. It's good. It was really useful. I, I'm sure a lot of people will find that very useful, but I personally, um, am kind of processing a lot from that conversation. It, very, very cool. Look, we're just about out of time. Um, mm-hmm. So I want to ask you one final question that I ask everyone that comes on the show, sure. which is, uh, given the nature of the show, the title of the show is the Life Optimise Show, what are your top three tips, given all of your experiences and all of your lessons uh, over the years? What are your top three tips for someone looking to optimize their business leadership in life?
1: Okay, so optimize. First one is to get very clear on your vision. I think that's to me, is the first step mm-hmm. it's really when i say vision it's what you want right for yourself for your community for your family for your business uh you get very clear on what you want and in that process is to get clear on your your core values to get to really connect to you know we all are driven by certain core values right um and you know it's, it's it's not just easily saying well i just want happiness because happiness for 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 you is different to happiness to me you know so like I, I i alluded to earlier happiness for me means one one key component of that is freedom yeah right so now second one is love right now now there are similarities and whatnot but i think first one is get your vision right or clear the second one to optimize uh, I would say to optimize your life or your business is to, to then uh, identify uh, really what your, your own limitations and, and, and belief systems, okay, so really um, look at what are the things that may impede or, or stop you or prevent you from getting that optimis- optimization that you want. Right? So, what, you know, uh, and how do you do that? So, for me, there are certain processes that you can follow. You can do NLP trainings, you can do workshops and whatnot, you can go to Landmark. Or I don't know. There's different ways to do these. Mm-hmm. Um, the fastest way i found is to work with a coach. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's someone like Dev or myself or, or anyone in your circle um, and seek someone, you know, or a coach or a mentor. Someone, if, you know, another way is to find someone who's created the results that, that you want, they've already done it in their life. And so go and sit with that person and have a conversation with them, um, you know, and it, and and really, like, have them be the mirror to you uh, and to help them see what you cannot see within yourself. Okay, and, and that's my, I guess, second, stage or second step of optimization the third step really is to and this comes down to what i love about what i do in terms of confidence is to really uh, then put together a game plan action steps that you can take small steps to get the result you want and then take those actions okay so i'm i'm very big this is my mantra for the year is less talk more action right because uh we can spend so much time philosophi- philosophizing or i can't even say the word properly uh, <laughs> so you know so much time in our heads that nothing ever happens and then we get you know we get discouraged or we lose sense of self or all sorts of stuff goes on um, but i think what i've come to learn and, and appreciate is just taking Little actions, daily actions that move you in that direction, uh, and you know, until you do that, you know, you know, you may not be aware of certain things that come up. There are some roadblocks that you don't know uh, coming down the line until you go through it, uh, and the only way to get there is to take these actions. And then, then when those roadblocks come up, you can then move around it and find ways to deviate or, or to, you know, it's not a straight line path to success or whatever you want, mm-hmm. right? It's actually it's a meandering <laughs> it's a path that moves from left to right and it sways and stuff comes up and all of a sudden you know um, different characters appear and, and it is li- literally I love one of my favourite movies of the past two years is Life of Pi right that story and, and I think that's it's a really great example of uh, you know what can happen in, in our journey yeah. and um You know, I'm not. I'm not saying you're gonna come face to face with a tiger on a raft, but uh, it's you know. But you have your own versions of that, and uh, I think that's allow uh, a big part of also another thing that I'm I'm sort of working on is embracing uncertainty, and and really just you know um, have your plan at the same time allow yourself uh, to allow it to be okay that you won't have all the answers you know and and that stuff will appear things will challenge you and it's actually in the process of uh, optimization or you call it is that it's actually the process and the journey getting there it's not about the result at the end of the it's not about the destination it's, it's the journey you know it's, it's, it's what's going on along the way and who you become along the way which is actually the, the, the I guess that that's the beauty of, of, of optimizing your life
0: Nice. I really like that last one. Amazing. Where can people find more of you, Anf? Uh
1: So the, the the quickest way is probably through my website. You can go to uh, www.confidentpreneur.com as in confidentpreneur. Uh, confidentpreneur. Com. And uh, I won't spell it to you, Dev. You can put it on there or wherever. Yeah. On, on yep. Um, or you can look me up on on if you're on Twitter. It's uh, uh, my, my username is at Anthony I'll spell this one because people get it wrong so it's A N F for Fred E R N for November E E so Anthony uh, dot uh, so Anthony C uh, so at Anthony C that's on Twitter you can send me tweets uh, and you'll find me on Facebook too but they're, they're the main ones
0: okay so how do how do they find you on Facebook
1: uh, so it's uh, FB dot com mm-hmm. um forward slash ANF A N F for Fred Consulting okay ANF Consulting cool yeah. but
0: all the links are from your website as well right correct yeah just
1: go to my website quick quick and easy um, yeah and then you can go to social media from there
0: alright cool Anthony it's been a pleasure thank you so much for your time thanks so much for the conversation and thanks so much for your, uh, your you know honesty and just being open and real
1: mate I appreciate it uh, yeah we can go on for hours man so I, I love it and uh keep doing what you're doing Dev because you are a shining light and I think that's uh, you know we, we need to get on stage together because I think we'll, we'll do some amazing work but uh, thanks man I appreciate yeah. that
0: and I felt the same way um, at specifically two points in this interview but we'll we will talk <laughs> we can talk about that later
1: alright so yeah follow this guy guys if you're listening Dev's the man and uh, I love his work so thanks yeah, brother appreciate
0: it thanks alright man I'll talk to you soon and yeah hopefully you can come back to the show uh, sometime soon as well anytime alright thanks man If you enjoyed this episode of the Life Optimized Show, please go to iTunes and leave a review. And whatever you do, don't keep the episode to yourself. Make sure you go and share it with your friends and networks. Until next time, I'm Dave Singh.